It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the Sports Rush with Brett Rush. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The weekend buckle up get ready for it it is the sports rush your daily local sports fix four to six i am brett rump along with adam lundy coming up on the show today we've got kevin bowen from 93.5107.5 the fan down in indianapolis we'll talk all things indiana sports with kb coming up at hour number two and of course it is february 2nd which means today is officially groundhog day did Punxsutawney Phil see his shadow? Uh, I don't know how to dress in a few weeks. And he did not see his shadow this morning, Adam. That means we've got an early spring on the way. Yeah, like we really trust a groundhog. But, hey, it is what it is. I wonder what his uh, actual accuracy is, if anybody's ever checked. I think what, they have. What, I'll, I'll do some research. I, I wonder... And I wonder how you define an early spring, because is it the average temperature six weeks out or four weeks out? I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's at least something positive to go on that we've got uh, we've got an early spring on the way. Apparently, Puxatawney Phil has a 39% accuracy. Rate. Oh, great. I wish now he would have seen his shadow. Uh, 39%. Wow. Yeah, not- Adam, that's like my percentage in NFL. You pick them. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not good. Uh, all right. Well, hey, uh, it was good while it lasted, and Adam had to bring us down uh, last night. Watched some basketball. Of course, I was at the Don's game. Hang on, I gotta. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I gotta do this. <laughs> I can't. I can't sit at the kids' table. My my chair, the hydraulics are going out, so all of a sudden my chair will will drop, and I will find myself down almost at the counter level with my chin. Uh, but anyway, last night, uh, Mastodon's game at the Coliseum, but also uh, I was following this Nebraska-Wisconsin game. How about this one? Man, uh, Nebraska gets down early, Wisconsin comes out of the gate, and just looks like they're going to bury Nebraska. And the Cornhuskers at home do what the Cornhuskers do at home this year, and that is come back and knock off a power. And they've done it a couple of times, uh, but they uh, they come back. And when I say a power, I mean I'm not Indiana's not necessarily a power, but uh, but they uh, they've knocked off Indiana, they've knocked off Purdue, now they knock off Wisconsin. In some ways, beating Wisconsin was like Purdue getting a victory last night because now Purdue is officially all alone in first place. And it's the two teams that are sitting at the top of the conference, Purdue and Wisconsin, they're going to do battle. And whoever wins the game will be 
clearly all alone in first place in the Big Ten race. We're not going to have a chance at a tie, which we could have had. So, uh, yeah, so pretty pretty good night for Purdue, considering they didn't play. <laughs> that uh, Wisconsin got beat, and then it's a quick turnaround for Wisconsin. Yeah. They got to play Purdue on Sunday. But, uh, no, that game last night ended up going overtime, and Nebraska overcame that 18-point deficit. Man. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, they were down by 16 points at the half, down 18 in the second half, and came back to force overtime and then win the game 80-72. to Very impressive win. And something that you've been making a note of uh, with the Wisconsin Badgers, Connor Asijan, Fort Wayne local, still not getting very much playing time, only four minutes in an overtime game last night. And I said he's being productive. He's getting three or four minutes, and he's producing. That's the sad thing. Last night, four minutes, one for one, hit a three-pointer. Thank you very much. Sit back down at the end of the bench. (laughs) Uh, I mean, when you look at... uh, a season statistically game by game this year. Now he's had some games where they've actually counted on him for a little bit uh, more than just three or four minutes, but not a lot. In fact, you have to go all the way back to January 6th before you find a game where he played 10 minutes or more. He played eight minutes, three minutes, seven minutes, six minutes, six minutes, six minutes, four minutes. Uh, and I don't know why. I mean, if you look at his shooting um, during that span, in the games since he played uh, more than uh, more than nine minutes, yeah. Here, here's the thing: the the last team he played more than nine minutes against was Nebraska. It was Nebraska when they hosted Nebraska, and what did he do? In 12 minutes, he went four for seven from three. There so he go. was a key in that game against Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. But is he part of the scouting report this time? And does he get extra court time because he seemed to do something well against this opponent? No. You know, I look at his numbers. One for three, two for two, one for three, one for two, one for two, three for four, and one for one. I mean, how does a guy that's, I mean, that clearly it's not like he's going out there and throwing bricks up. And it's very hard to sit cold on the bench. And then go in and play four or five minutes and be able to hit at a normal percentage. You're cold. But uh, even three point, I mean, that was his overall field goal. But even, you know, even three point, he shot the ball pretty well. And uh, it's just, it's just kind of sad. In fact, here's the other stat I'll give you. In the last 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, last 13 games, he's turned the ball over one time. One time. Yeah, taking care of the rock. So why is he sitting on the bench? I don't know. <laughs> uh, might have a place that he could play. Yeah. I'll, you know. A little closer to home. <laughs> That's all you're going to say? That's all I can say. That's all you can say. Say, Connor, Asesian family, you know to, what to do. <laughs> Leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, Purdue, Wisconsin coming up. So you'll have some Fort Wayne flavor on the court. Absolutely. Purdue, Wisconsin. Because Asesian, for those three, four minutes, he'll be out there. <laughs> and then uh, Caleb Burst, for his three, four minutes, he'll get out there. And then... Uh, and Watch. then you'll have to let your lawyer. Yeah, and he'll get some minutes. He'll get some minutes, so yeah. <laughs>
But uh, anyway, that game comes up on Sunday, 1 o'clock. If you're looking for it on the radio, don't forget that game's going to be on WoWo, 92.3 FM Sunday. Pre-game starts at noon with the tip scheduled for 1 o'clock. All right, so girls semifinals tonight, Adam. Yeah, it's time. Friday nights. Kind of fired up about this. Yeah. You've got uh, a Carroll. You've got a 4A where Northside plays Carroll, followed by DeKalb Snyder at Columbia City. The semifinals will be Huntington, North Columbia City, New Haven, Homestead at West Noble. The semifinals, Northwood versus West Noble. That's 17-6 and six versus 2-20, and 20, so we might as well expect that Northwood's going to make it into the championship. But a uh, game that could be competitive in Game 2, Fairfield against Wawasee. Uh, the winners advance to Saturday's championship at Garrett in 3A. It's going to be uh, Concordia versus Angola in Game 1. And then Garrett Woodland will do battle in Game 2. Now in Class 2A, you've got uh, at Eastside, Fremont versus Westview, Prairie Heights versus Central Noble. And at South Adams, it's Lures versus Bluffton, followed by Whitco and South Adams. Lakewood Park has Hamilton versus Bethany Christian in Game 1 with Blackhawk and Lakewood Park uh, doing battle in Game 2. Game two should be a good one there. Blackhawk, Lakewood Park, 16 and 7 versus 16 and 6. That's in 1A. Champions come back or winners come back to compete for the championship tomorrow night. And we will be heading to Columbia City. And barring an upset, we will have the Homestead Lady Spartans and the Columbia City Eagles, two top 10 teams in the state of Indiana. Should be a heck of a game tomorrow night. Right here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM, our high school basketball coverage presented by Parkview Sports Medicine. All right, so yesterday I wanted to get to this because I came across this, and I found this to be a fascinating uh, release. Danny White, athletic director at Tennessee. Now, Tennessee has been called out by the NCAA. Uh, Apparently, they are uh, being investigated for numerous infractions. And uh, Danny White put out a statement. And you don't usually hear an athletic director take this sharp of a uh, of a criticism public against the NCAA. But in some ways, he feels justified because feels like the NCAA didn't follow their own protocols in uh, talking about their investigation into Tennessee. But here was the statement from what Danny White said. The NCAA generally does not comment on infractions cases because there's a rule against it. However, that's not stopped them in the past from leaking information to the media as they did this week about us. Their actions made this ill-conceived investigation public and forced us to defend ourselves. It's clear the NCAA staff does not understand what is happening at the campus level all over the country in the NIL space. After reviewing thousands of Tennessee coach and personnel phone records, NCAA investigators didn't find a single NIL violation. So they, quote, moved the goalpost to fit a predetermined outcome. They're stating that the nebulous, contradictory NIL guidelines, which were written by the NCAA, not the membership, don't matter and applying the old booster bylaws to collectives. If that's the case, then 100% of the major programs in college athletics have significant violations. This is obviously silly and not productive, as it's blaming membership whenever they're challenged. 
We need to be spending our time and energy on solutions to better organize college athletics in the NIL era, something the NCAA leadership talked about doing back in 2021. Student athletes, prospective student athletes, coaches, administrators across the country deserve better, and I refuse to allow the NCAA to irrationally use Tennessee as an example for their own agenda. He is absolutely right. Absolutely right. I don't know if Tennessee did anything, quote, wrong. But right now, it is so cloudy on everything involving NIL. You can't have jurisdiction. You can't have anybody going out and trying to find violations because nobody knows what the rules are. They make them up as they go. That's absolutely what is happening. It has been spun out of control because the NCAA wanted to pass the buck to state legislatures to try to decide what their laws were, and they'd have to follow those laws. And as a result, the NCAA doesn't have a consistent policy on its own, and yet it tries to enforce a policy that really doesn't exist. I mean, we can all use common sense and say, hey, guy shows up when a recruit comes on campus and he hands you a brown paper bag full of cash. That's probably against the rules. But you probably have to dig around to figure out where that rule is. I mean, that's what NIL's become. Nobody knows. And the people that have tried to figure it out have found loopholes. And so you've got all these collectives and you have, you know, the collectives. Instead of calling them boosters, they're collectives. You've created ways to get money to the athletes. They get paid to play, and we know it's happening. But exactly how that money goes from point A to point B, nobody really knows what the path is that it should take, that it could take, and and what's right and what's wrong. And, and, Pat, and Danny White absolutely has it nailed. It's really difficult to call us out when you review it and you can't find a rule that applies making whatever you found to be illegal. And yet, you may not like it, so you kind of change the rules to fit your narrative. And then you come back and say, Tennessee's in violation. It is something that has the potential of happening at almost every university across the country. It has coaches running scared. It has compliance people at every campus across the country piled up knee deep, waist deep in paperwork. It is keeping attorneys busy because NIL has created a monster that no one knows how to tame. It's kind of like saying, we're going to let you have a pet lion. (laughs) But then we're going to come back if you don't train the lion properly. But we've never taught you about training a lion or there's no rules about training a lion. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things where it's created a monster out there. And Danny White couldn't be more right. Now, again, I'm not defending Tennessee because I don't know specifically what it is that the NCAA is accusing them of. What I am saying is his point is very well taken. I mean, it absolutely is on point that the NCA has no control over this right now. It's it's spun out of control and they can't stop it. 
No, and it just needs a lot of work and a lot of restructuring for everything to be all. Everybody needs to be on the same page about all of this. Right. And you know who doesn't know exactly what the rules are? The student athletes and their parents. Yeah. And so you get into a recruiting battle and you don't know who's following the rules and who isn't. It can be a very confusing process going through uh, recruiting right now. Because maybe somebody wants to fly you out. Maybe somebody wants to fly your family out. Maybe they say, hey, I'm going to be on a recruiting trip in Cancun. Maybe I can fly you down and we can have a nice visit on the beach in Cancun. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, you just, there's all kinds of things going on right now that's all under the umbrella now of this new landscape known as NIL. And, it's very hard to police it if you don't have clean, well-written rules that are consistent for everyone. And you don't. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. Let's check what's happening in the world of sports. Time for today's top headlines. And Adam Lundy. Thank you, Brett. The Jacksonville Jaguars have asked FanDuel to reimburse them for some or all of the approximately $20 million in stolen proceeds a former employee lost on the site, but the company is unwilling to pay. A source familiar with the situation said discussions are ongoing among FanDuel, the Jaguars, and the NFL on what the source is called, quote, a settlement. However, the source said, quote, the way they see it, we got this money fair and clear. It's not our problem that we have to forfeit it back to you. Now, wait a minute. How did he lose 20? Who lost $20 million? This was a Jacksonville Jaguars mid-level finance employee who ended up stealing oh. over $20 million. Oh, oh yeah. That story. Yeah. 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 That's that guy. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, okay. So, FanDuel might not be giving the money back. I don't think so. The New Orleans Saints are planning to make 49's passing game specialist Clint Kubiak the new offensive coordinator in New Orleans. The Niners play the Kansas City Chiefs in the big game on February 11th, so a deal cannot be finalized before that date. The Niners finished the 2023 regular season as the fourth-ranked passing offense in the NFL and were second in the league with 33 passing touchdowns in Brock Purdy's first full season as a starter. The Big Ten Conference has issued a $5,000 fine and a public reprimand for head coach Chris Collins' actions at the end of the Northwestern-Purdue game earlier this week, which the conference says violated its sportsmanship policy. And some sad news in the world of sports entertainment and movies. Carl Weathers, who starred as Apollo Creed in the first four Rocky films and appeared in Predator, The Mandalorian, Happy Gilmore, and dozens of other films and TV shows, passed away earlier this week on Tuesday, his family announced today. He was 76 years old. There we go. Uh, ending on a high note with the... Uh, Rest in peace, Apollo Creed, man. I, I know. It's kind of like bummed. You know, Rocky's one of those movies I grew up on. Yeah. A lot of people did. Well, I I, I actually was in the theater at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not. I, yeah, I'm sure you were watching it on... Was it VHS or... <laughs> was it uh, at yeah, that... VHS, yeah, VHS, yeah. VHS. Uh, but anyway, there you go. Today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. This portion of the Sports Rush with Brett Rump is being brought to you by Edding Insurance in New Haven. Personalized insurance services since 1964. That's Edding, O-E-T-T-I-N-G, insurance. This is Purdue Fort Wayne men's basketball coach John Call, And you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Go Dons. Yeah, it was a bit of a tough night last night because the Mastodons had to play from behind after giving up a big run to Milwaukee in that first half. 
The Macedons found themselves down double digits. They continued to play chase for most of, well, all of the first half and a good portion of the second half before finally, in the final minutes, they found themselves on top. They eventually extended the lead to six with about two minutes left, and then it was all B.J. Freeman for Milwaukee. He went on a personal seven-point run when the Dons had led by six, giving Milwaukee a one-point lead, and then the Mastodons couldn't cash in on the final possession. Milwaukee finished with a couple of uh, late free throws, and the final score 68-65. But here's the thing. With 1.7 seconds, I believe it was, on the clock, Milwaukee was shooting those last two free throws. Now, I, I, just my opinion, you you make the first, you miss the first, whatever you do, it's two free throws. But on the second free throw for Milwaukee, I'd miss it. I'd tell them to miss it. Yeah, that's that's fair. Because then you got to rebound it, and then the guy that rebounds it really doesn't have time to pass it, and no. he's got time for maybe one dribble. Where's he going to shoot it from? Three-quarter. Yeah, almost three-quarter court. Yeah. So he makes both free throws. And he actually opens the door to a possible final play for the Mastodons because they can catch and shoot with 1.7 seconds. And guess what happens? Mastodons fire a pass into the front court. It's caught at the top of the key. The defender plays the ball and misses. And so the, the Mastodons, Anthony Roberts, turns around at the top of the key with basically a wide-open three-point look, and it didn't drop. But that was kind of the story of the night for the Mastodons. Oh. Uh, the shooting just was not there all night long. And that's kind of sad. You know, and you don't know if it's maybe a little rust. They had the week off. I don't know. I can't explain it, but I can tell you that this team statistically has been a much better shooting team than going 10 for 36 from three, which uh, translates into a uh, percentage of 27.8% on the season. They're about 35%. They were 22 of 69 overall from the field, which is 31.9%. On the year, they were shooting it at over 46%. And they did get to the free throw line 14 times, made 11 of them for 78.6%. So they were okay at the line. But uh, just the lack of made shots. In fact, you come down to that final two-minute stretch, you had... Uh, a missed layup from inside. You had two missed shots from inside six feet on the Don's final full offensive possession. And not only did you miss the first, but then you were able to get a tip out offensive rebound and set up a second shot that was even better than the first shot with like four, three, four seconds left. That would have given the Don's the one point win or at least the one point lead with probably around three seconds left. Instead, it's a miss. The Dons have to foul after Milwaukee secures the rebound. That's where then the Panthers make the two free throws to wrap it up. But a tough one last night at the Coliseum. A big crowd, energetic crowd, a lot of fun, but uh, not the outcome we were hoping for. So on Sunday, the Mastodons get back at it at the Gate Center. Always enjoy the Gate Center. It is uh, a fun environment. You've got homecoming weekend, so the place should be fairly full and you've also got a very, very good opponent. Youngstown State, who scores over 80 points per game. They've won, I believe, six straight and seven of their last eight. Uh, they are coming in on Sunday after getting a road win at Wright State last night. So uh, the Dons will have their hands full on Sunday. A team that they lost to 
Over at Youngstown, 93-85. to That, though, was a three-point game, which is a couple of minutes remaining. And then Youngstown State had a uh, one-on-one breakaway where there was a and-one. He made the shot, got fouled, made it a six-point lead. And the next thing you know, it was an eight-point final. But uh, Youngstown State at Purdue-Fort Wayne this Sunday at 2 o'clock. Can't make the game. We'll have the broadcast starting with the pregame show at 1.45. Hey, you know tonight? Butler is on TV. All a right. Friday night game for the Butler Bulldogs. And I tell you, I like this bet. I think there's a lot to back up taking the Bulldogs who are getting 10.5 at Creighton. Uh, I went through and did a little bit of research, and sometimes research is worthless if you don't win the bet. But at least pre-bet, uh, I have got, uh, or pre-game, I have got some stats to drop your way. You choose, and please bet wisely and responsibly. But uh, I looked at Creighton over the last three at home. And other than DePaul, because DePaul, they're not good, <laughs> okay? But other than DePaul... The three home games they've played most recently, I think these are all in January. They beat Xavier by seven. They beat St. John's by one. And they beat Providence by nine. So they've not had a 10-point win at home over the last month. Before that, at home, back in November December, they played teams like Villanova at home. And they lost to Villanova. They uh, beat Alabama by just three, and they beat Iowa by eight. So show me where there is something statistically or analytically that makes me believe Creighton is going to beat Butler by 11 or more points. I can't find it. So give me the dogs. Give me the Bulldogs. (laughs) All right. I'm riding the Bulldogs tonight. I like it. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. Coming up, Indiana. They've got Penn State coming up tomorrow. One of the big questions is what's up with the injuries? Also, we'll talk Purdue, Wisconsin. And we'll tell you about the Tin Caps having tickets going on sale. Ready to get your seats for this summer down at Parkview Field? Hey, you can even have breakfast at the same time. We'll tell you about it coming up on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. You're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Listen live at 1380thefan.com. Welcome back to The Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy. A game to look forward to in your high school calendar comes up on Tuesday night when the Homestead Spartans will visit the Wayne Generals. Those two teams right now just came apart in the SAC race. And they'll be playing head-to-head coming up Tuesday night. We have an obligation, contractual obligation, with the Indiana Pacers. We will not be there and, unfortunately, won't be there to broadcast. But, of course, we'll be following that game. But that will be a big one to follow in the SAC race coming up on Tuesday night. Now, our weekend schedule this weekend's a little out of whack because we don't have girls' games tonight. We do have a girls' championship game tomorrow night. But even though we don't have girls games tonight, we're still going to tell you what the girls games finals are because we're going to have a special presentation of the Parkview Sports Medicine post game show live from Pizza Hut. And it will be broadcasting from the Pine Valley Pizza Hut starting about 915. This is a great chance to come out and hang with Adam Lundy. Uh, am I supposed to be there? 
<laughs> you can show up if you want. <laughs> I, I might come out. And, you, know, you, uh, you know why you show up. Well, I get hungry. Yeah. But uh, also, Eric Dutkevich from Parkview Sports Medicine will be out there together and talking about the girls' sectional uh, semifinal round and who won, who advanced, who's going to meet in the sectional championships. We've got all that covered tonight. We invite you to be a part of the show. We got swag tonight? Oh, of course we got some swag from uh, Old Fort Baseball Company to yeah, give out. Yeah, nothing better than the Old Fort Baseball Company swag that we've got for, uh, and it's it's an exclusive. I mean, that's the thing. Limited ahead, edition. Try to find it. You can't find it unless someone's wearing it. And if they're wearing it, they came out and saw us at the post-game show because and it's the only place you get it. Don't rip it off their backs. Just No, no, no. just come get and ask own. us. Yeah, come and get us. <laughs> Say, hey, I want your swag. It's the uh, high school hoops in the 260, and it's an exclusive design available only through our post-game show. And you can pick it up at Pizza Hut tonight. We'll be there between 9.15 and 10.30. Actually, we'll be there probably around 9 o'clock. So, you know, if you want to stop by, pick up a shirt, we'll sure. have uh, a handful of them to, to be giving away tonight and uh, maybe even a choice of, of size or maybe not. Maybe last, not. <laughs> yeah. Last time we uh, we kind of ran low on sizes, but we've got uh, we've got your swag. So come on out and see us tonight while we broadcast live from the Pine Valley Pizza Hut at the corner of DuPont and Coldwater Roads. And then tomorrow night, we've got high school basketball sectional championship from Columbia City. As uh, we'll see what happens tonight. I don't want to look ahead. No, never. But the expectation is that we'll see Columbia City and Homestead. So you're looking ahead. Uh, I am looking ahead. <laughs> we had to, you know, and unfortunately, we have to look ahead. Yeah, you know, that's part of the media business. We've got to turn in our application for uh, broadcast rights. Yeah. You know, to take you behind the curtain. Pull it back, my friend. All of these broadcasts, you have to submit to the IHSAA, pay the broadcasting rights fees, and then the IHSAA grants an approval or, I guess, a denial. Rarely have we been denied. <laughs> but uh, but then they, they grant the approval, and then we will be able to go and broadcast. And so we have to make a decision like a week ahead. Where are you going to be on Saturday night? Well, we don't even know what the matchup is. We do not. So we have to kind of take a shot at what's going to be the best Saturday night matchup. Yeah. And we're taking our shot. There we go. I appreciate that look behind the curtain, my friend. Yeah. Although so, I already have seen it. Well, so <laughs> for somebody that wonders, oh, you know, after so-and-so got beat, I thought you might be at this game. And it's like, no, we have to submit and be approved and have our name on a broadcast ap approval list. It's There's a process that goes into these. It also, I will say this, gets expensive. That's why... We give a big thank you to all of the businesses that support and sponsor our broadcasts because we could not do it without them. Can't do it. It wouldn't make business sense. No. Uh, you just can't do it. And so uh, the, the fees have gone up significantly over the years. And so we are very appreciative to all of those that have stuck with us, been with us, and have even jumped on board recently to become high school basketball sponsors, high school sports sponsors. Those businesses deserve your support. And if you do listen to a high school broadcast, you hear one of the, the advertisers that's sponsoring that broadcast, hey, will you please, if you have a chance to do business with them, go out, tell them you really appreciate their support of high school basketball coverage in our area and do your business with those local companies that care about our community and our high school sports scene and want to make sure these kids get the exposure they deserve, that they've earned, 
and that we try to provide for them. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. And if you'd like to be one of those businesses, let us know, because we can always use uh, more support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, All right, so uh, where were we? Indiana, Penn State coming up tomorrow. Are the Hoosiers going to have Malik Renew and Xavier Johnson? You know, first thing, and we're not doctors, but we play one on radio. Uh, Not really. (laughs) But when we saw it happen, it looked like both guys are going to be out significantly and maybe even for the rest of the year. Now, we'll have to see if Kevin Bowen has gotten any kind of word because they're a little closer. We'll talk to KB coming up in our next hour. But it did not look good the other night when both of those guys went down for Malik Renew. He had to uh, be taken away from the arena on crutches. And so you almost feel like they they believe that there may have been a break or something that required uh, some type of digital imaging, x-ray, MRI, something. But uh, with Xavier Johnson... It looked like something twisted unnaturally when he came down. And he came down, put the hand down, and all of his weight on his straight arm. And usually it's like, okay, the the bones, the ligaments, everything, they don't support somebody's weight coming down with that kind of force. And so usually there is an issue that happens when, when somebody goes down that way. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what the outcome is. Of course, no official word out of Indiana, so we really don't know. No, the latest we have was about uh, six hours ago, just before noon, when Mike Woodson was talking to the media. He said they are, quote, still evaluating the injuries to Malik Renew and Xavier Johnson. He also added, at this point, I don't know. Uh, another interesting comment that Mike Woodson made today, quote, we haven't had a full team since November, and nobody's printed that. We haven't had a full deck, and we might never have one. Um, they're talking about uh, the uh, well, the the freshman. What's his name? Yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I, the, the name. I, I'm having one of those brain bubbles right now. Uh, but that's probably what he's referring to. Is that the full roster didn't make it into the season this year? But um, Rayford. Newton? Ja'Kai Newton? Ja'Kai Newton. There we go. That's who we're talking yeah. about. Ja'Kai Newton. Uh, so so maybe that's what, what Mike Woodson is referring to. I, but, just, I don't know but that. Then again, but then again, you weren't playing your full deck either. You weren't. We found that out when Anthony Leal finally got a shot on the court and seemed to make a difference for not only him, but his teammates. You know, that's... That, that's one of the things sometimes you can't measure in statistics and, and you can't measure in just raw athletic ability. It's a guy that goes out there and his team, his teammates are uplifted and play better. There's a certain glue and a certain connection to certain players. We had that in Purdue Fort Wayne with John Conchar when he was on the floor. Didn't matter if he scored, didn't matter if he had any kind of assist. Now he always stuffed the, the, you know, the box score yeah. with all kinds of stats, but but the fact is, the defense got better because he kept people in the right position. And those that got out of position, he had a knack for trying to, you know, provide help because he could see things happening before yeah. they happened. He could see the floor to see who was going to be open. He knew where to put it, so it made it comfortable for them, whether it was on the ball, on the basket side, on the sideline side, so they could make the catch and shoot. Just different things that guys are able to do 
that are often overlooked when it comes to a specific stat. And uh, for some reason, Indiana looked to be lifted to a different level with Anthony Leal on the court. And, you know, maybe it could be tonight, Anthony Leal could go over 7. I mean, that could happen. but Or tomorrow. Yeah, Penn State. But uh, But the point is, he proved something in the time he's been given the last two games, and he wasn't getting any time before that. Is this a cop-out? Is this an excuse for Mike Woodson on the season? Uh, to, to claim that the roster hasn't... I haven't uh, had a full deck all season? I'm sure he's getting to a point where he realizes this season is not going to end with the final chapter that he expected. And so, how do you remember this season? Maybe he's trying to write that final chapter where it will say, you know, the the uh, Hoosiers ended up this year dealing with non ongoing injuries, never had a complete roster. Maybe he's trying to write that narrative. Yeah, and I, I don't like that. No, I mean, everybody deals with injuries and uh, and it doesn't. It doesn't make up for the fact that you have not had some great coaching decisions throughout this year. And, uh, you know, the decisions you made as far as discipline and, you know, I think everybody on the team wants to see guys that get out of line be punished. I mean, you really do mm-hmm. because you're, you expect a certain behavior from guys you're teammates with. And it's not like going to cause a locker room revolt if the coach punishes a guy who deserves it and you then lose a game. You know, if, if, if it's something where the team doesn't support the coach in that, but in this case, I think the team would have understood if there was a little harsher punishment dealt out for the Xavier Johnson behavior. And I think the team would understand it's our responsibility to win without him. And if we don't, it's not a cop-out to blame the coach for suspending a guy that deserved to be suspended. And I think one thing that does do is it, is it keeps everybody kind of together. And when all of a sudden you see this guy got away with that and the coach doesn't even, you know, not play him, uh, then you get a guy complains and then someone else says, yeah, I had to run, you know, I had to run the stairs or whatever it is <laughs> uh, because I was a minute late to practice. He he goes out, hits a guy in the you-know-whats, and uh, <laughs> I end up having, to, you know, and he ends up being able to play. I, I don't. Let's just say that uh, I hope he doesn't try to use that as the season scapegoat that, well, we, you know, we couldn't overcome our devastating injuries. And now, now at this point in the season, it is what it is. They're not a tournament team. They're probably not an NIT team, although they'll be invited because anytime they're yeah. eligible, the NIT will probably want them to play in the postseason. Uh... And they're 500 in the conference. They've got a winning record overall. But they haven't beaten anybody. They really have not. You got to no. beat somebody. And Penn State isn't that somebody? It's not. The, <laughs> when you go into a Penn State game, the only thing you risk is a bad loss. Yeah. Instead of a chance at a good win. But every time Indiana's had that chance for a good win, they failed to deliver on it. Four six eight six two is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Give us your thoughts. Sunday, the big one: Purdue, Wisconsin. Ooh. First of two meetings between these two that remains on the Big Ten schedule. And it comes up in Madison on Sunday. Uh, last night, Wisconsin 
got a loss at Nebraska after they hey. led by 18 points in the second half. Thanks, Nebraska. And so for Purdue, it was almost like picking up a win yeah. when they didn't have to play. Uh, Wisconsin now goes into this game a half game behind the Boilermakers, first place in the Big Ten, and they would have to beat the Boilermakers to take over sole possession of first place. Purdue now has that top spot after yeah. the two early losses, and so Purdue has a chance now to get some separation, not only to get the one-and-a-half game lead over the Badgers, but to have the tiebreaker in hand with a head-to-head victory. Very, very impressive, and it's great. That's great that Nebraska got that win over Wisconsin to help Purdue out. And, you know, what's even more impressive is Nebraska got that win with their hot shooter, Kese Tominaga. He went one for seven, and they were still able to get <laughs> that overtime well, win. Well, the big guy stepped out and hit a three. He I sure mean, did. I mean, it's like, man, when they when they get on a roll and uh, get going at home. But that's why they're a different team at home. Oh, yeah. Because they can get different guys that will step up and hit big plays and big shots at home because they just love that reinforcement of the home crowd. The Huskers. That they don't do that when they're on the road. <laughs> that comeback never would have happened on a road game. No, no. I mean, if that was up in Wisconsin. I mean, They'd have they, ended they, up losing by 25 points. Definitely. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Hour number two, we are going to have Kevin Bowen joining us. Also, we'll give you what's happening with Indiana D1 men's basketball teams, and we'll rank them 1 through 11. Also, more talk on the girls' sectionals. We'll give you your weekend planner, what to look forward to this weekend if you're trying to decide where your sports calendar is going to take you. When you've got to uh, tell the wife, here's the credit card, go shopping. (laughs) Leave me alone for a couple of hours. Got uh, a game to watch. The ultimate get out of the house. Oh, man. My so. wife just my wife just gave me that last night. Yeah. She said what on Wednesday, she says, Well, what were you doing? I was trying to call. <laughs> and I had to tell her, I said, Well, I was at a basketball game. <laughs> oh, well, look at you. Just all by yourself. <laughs> just have it all no nothing else to do but care about yourself. <laughs> Here's my credit card. <laughs> and so it's like, well, you know, she's in Florida. She can't stop me. So actually, there you go. You know, so actually, I can pretty much do what I want to do. There and, you go. And I'm not going to pick up the phone in the middle of a game. So sorry. 46862 uh, is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. We'd love to get your comments on this Friday, especially if you're heading out to a girls' basketball sectional. Tell us where you're going, who you're pulling for. It's a sports rush, Friday edition on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.